Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Hot Corner. We are uh, getting started with our fall ball, or well, fall ball series with fall balls wrapping up across the country, getting into previews for this season. I'm joined by my co-host AJ. How you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing great, man. And we are uh, lucky to be joined by special guest Drew Beam, QB one of the Tennessee Volunteers. What's going on, <laughs> fellas? Oh, we're doing good, man. How are you doing? How was uh, how was fall ball? You, you glad to be done with it? I'm glad it's over. It's always a grind, um, but it's a uh, it's a fun grind. So it's good to get after it and you'll work on some things. But I'm definitely ready to get into season. So uh, one step closer now. Well, good deal, man. We're uh, we're glad you uh, made some time to uh, to come join us. We appreciate it. Uh, so just wanted to kind of recap a little bit from last year before we get into this season, you know, can you, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about, uh, about Omaha, what, uh, what that experience was like. Yeah. So that was my first time, um, in Omaha as a, as a player I'd been recently as a fan, um, when I was a lot younger. And so that was a lot, it was really cool. Um, getting to play in the stadium, that capacity and that caliber in front of that many fans. Um, just a different atmosphere. It's a uh, it's a very big league feel, and I uh, I love the atmosphere. I love the you know just the amount of excitement around those kind of games, and then just the whole week you know being there practicing at you know a different facility and stuff like that. Just that whole city is wrapped around that College World Series atmosphere, and it, it was a lot of fun. So you came into the year, I mean the your freshman campaign was seems like you know the golden lineup coming through and then the pitching staff is just as deep as you could want it. And then you come up a game short of Omaha and then you start last season, you know, Rocky. And it seemed like the nation as a whole was like, Oh, this is, this is a different Tennessee team. It's not the same caliber and gave up on y'all. And then in my opinion, you were an extra weekend away from working yourself into a hosting seat um, for the tournament. What was it like in the clubhouse from the, basically the point where, you know, after that away tournament to start the year, just kind of recollecting, maybe even the Mizzou series, just kind of recollecting being like, we still got a good group of guys here. We can do, we can go as far as we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, My freshman year, I'll, I'll go back all the way in, into that last series, um, that super regional against Notre Dame. Um, that left the worst taste in everyone's mouth that you can even possibly imagine. I mean, it was, uh, not what it, we all thought we were going to cakewalk through it. And, you know, that's not what you, that's not the mindset you can have and going into that kind of series. So we kind of had that going into the fall of, we're not going to let that happen again. Like we, we didn't like that. So we, our goal is to get back and get past that. Um, and then obviously you're right. That first weekend in Arizona, it, uh, out West, it didn't treat us very well. We had some stuff to figure out with, um, you know, losing so many guys from that 21 team. We had so many, I guess, yeah, it would have been 22 team. So many guys left uh, and got drafted, and so so many roles to fill. Had to figure some things out. Um, got into that Mizzou series and just got our butts handed to us, and so that was a another learning point that we had to get to. And I think the whole the switch in the season where we just kind of turned it around. We were five and ten in SEC play, and we're like, man, we gotta, you know, we're struggling to even think about getting into the conference tournament. We're like this is this is embarrassing. Like we're we're out here playing baseball that. It's bad. It's just not good product in the field. And uh, stuff in, you know, 
just the team kind of had to mold together and, you know, pull one weight instead of everyone pulling their own, uh, you know, selfishly, you know, everything, everyone just finally had to get on the same tracks and go the same direction. And uh, most everybody bought into that and that kind of got us going the right direction. We turned things around and then I think you're right. If we had one more weekend series, we'd have, been, we'd have pulled ourselves into a host spot, but um, I think that team was resilient and that we just, you know, we went into, you know, Clemson, a really good, uh, really good regional there and played, played that really tough game went into the extra innings and stuff and just kept fighting back. And then in Southern Mist, all the weather delays and thinking that we should be a host and stuff, we just couldn't let it affect us. And that was something that I think we were a lot better on last year is we just kept fighting through things and uh, pushing on. And we ended up getting to Omaha and faced a really good skeins that, that first day. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was just, it was fun to get there. It's good to get a win, but uh, you know, got to keep pushing and next year, keep building on to that. Yeah, so you mentioned how the the Notre Dame series left a bad taste in y'all's mouth. Uh, you know how it was. Uh, how is what happened in Omaha uh, this past summer? How is that? How's the team using that as motivation for this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go all that way, and you know, you just won one game in Omaha. Yeah, that's a that's a big accomplishment. But at the end of the day, you're still watching that final series, that final three games, and the. Uh, College World Series on your couch, so you're just like every other team that didn't make it. So yeah, you were there for a couple of days. By the time the time by the time everybody else got to the you know championship game, you're sitting on the couch just like everybody else, and that's just you know not where you want to be. So uh, I'd rather be in the dugout or on the mound for that last couple of games. Yeah. So you personally, with your development, you come in as a freshman, and it's you know Blade Tidwell and Chase Dolander, and you're coming in with Chase Burns. And it's, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think you always prepare like you're going to be thrust into the starting role right away. But I don't think the majority of people thought you would be the Sunday guy come SEC play. And not only were you the Sunday guy as a freshman, you showed out the entire season. And then last year, you continued to show out. Um, but your strikeout numbers aren't as high as, you know, what – most people think of when they think of like an SEC ace, yet your ERA is lower than a lot of other SEC number one guys. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your approach on the mound and basically how you necessarily can, don't have to miss bats to be effective? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in high school and stuff, all of, you know, most good arms, you can, you can get away with throwing fastballs and stuff and just strike everybody out. And that's just kind of how, you get through high school baseball games and uh, a lot of big arms do that, but baseball in high school is just a seven inning game. You get to college and it's nine innings, you're stretching things out more. And, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, freshman year I came in, I mean, I got top 95 freshman year, which is good, but 92 to 94 isn't, you know, isn't just missing barrels all the time. So you just got to, you know, figure out how to, you know, get quick outs. And that actually helps me get later, later in the game, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, three strikes on every batter count, you know, builds that pitch count a lot higher than uh, getting first or second pitch, uh, quick contact and getting guys out. I think I fed off of that a lot. Um, and then sophomore year, I kind of learned how my how my fastball plays and where I can get swing and misses when I need to. And I'm, uh, I'm still working on that, still trying to, you know, perfect, you know, when I need to and where I need to get swings and misses. But uh, it's just never been part of my game. And I know, you know, people talk about it, but, 
strikeouts are they're just a number if you're getting people out and keeping them from scoring i don't really see the really the big part of it they're cool they're just like homers but if you're scoring runs on the offensive side who cares how you get them and that's how i think about it as pitching if i'm getting guys out why does it matter if it's a strikeout a pop-up or a ground ball so drew what's been your uh your main focus this offseason for your personal development yeah, big big part of things has just been the weight room. Really pushing myself this year. Um, I've always pushed myself through college, but I feel like this year I just I'm trying to reach for that extra gear, getting to that uh, that final gear of just uh, bearing down and getting after it every day. No off days, no no days where I'm like oh, I'm only going to get 50. percent Really trying to give it all every day. Um, really make the most of this year. Uh, on the pitching side of things, really just learning how to how my pitches work off of each other. You know where to. If I throw a fastball in this location, how do my off speeds work off of that? Where should I start them and how to how they really tunnel well together? And so I think that's a, a big way and a big part of my development this year is going to be in. So with, you know, preparation, every, everything, you were facing guys like Blake Burke. And I know you say you don't face Christian Moore that often, um, but you're facing, you know, SEC hitters during your you know live ABs during these fall scrimmages. Uh, how much better has that made you knowing that, hey, if I make a mistake to these guys, they're going to show me that mistake in a very public way? Yeah, these I mean, these guys going day in and day out and facing facing a lineup of this caliber. I mean, you got the new guys like Billy, uh, Billy Amick and Dalton Bargo. You got Peebles behind the plate there on the switch hitting side. I mean, you're just, you're facing guys who want to get after it and are hunting the ball every single day. So just once you get in there and get into season, you're, you've seen this kind of, these kind of caliber lineups over and over again to where you kind of figure out how to dissect them and know that you, uh, there's no batter in the lineup that you can take lightly. You know, every batter you got to go out in the same way as you do, you say the two hole or three hole. I mean, everybody's, everybody's got the ability to put one out and everyone's got the ability to get on base. So, that's why they're in college. That's why they're playing in the SEC. So every 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 at bat matters, and that's uh that's what helps a lot in the fall is going after these guys. And it's just you know batter after batter is just another another powerful good hitter. Yeah, you mentioned you know some of the new guys, new faces uh, that you got in the dugout. Um, you know, on top of those you know big name transfers, you guys brought in a really talented uh, recru- recruiting class. You know, how is the um, you know, have you seen the chemistry in the in the dugout kind of come together this fall? It's been good. This this new class uh, transfers and new guys included really want to get after it, and so they're they're pushing some of the guys that have been here. They're uh, making it really competitive, and that's what you know that's what good teams need. It's just uh, just knowing that the guy behind the starter is pushing the starter to get better while he's uh, getting himself better, and so it's just a constant competition that gets everybody um, just improving their game, and that's uh, that's what it's been a lot this fall. We've gone through some kinks but we're getting there and uh i think it's been a really competitive and healthy fall yeah give us some you know either transfer or freshman arms to look out for that are going to make an impact for tennessee this year yeah so uh i actually so i grew up with him he the jacksonville state transfer aj Cosby. me and him played summer ball growing up he's the we call him the southern sidewinder he's uh He's lower slot, really, uh, really gets after it, and dude, dude's, dude works his tail off. So um, he's going to be somebody to look out for next season. He's really going to make a really big impact for us. Um, freshman that's uh, been really pitching really well for us, and 
coach really likes his presence and stuff is uh, Derek Schaefer, Arizona kid. He, um, he's got a good fastball and a good off speed to work off of that. And he really just holds himself well up there on the mound. Yo, Drew, why don't you kind of give us the, uh, the cliff notes version of this whole pitching staff as, you know, as a whole, how have you got, you know, how do you see you guys coming together this spring and, and kind of roles developing? Yeah, I feel like we're a a puzzle that you can put a lot of pieces in a lot of different places. You know, not just one piece fits fits in the one spot it needs to be. I think there's a lot of guys that can do a, little, a lot of different roles for us, and I think that that's uh, going to be important as we go through and kind of figure out who's going to play where in our in our staff lineup. And I think it's it's just good. There's a lot of guys that can be starters, a lot of guys that can fill relief roles, and we got a whole lot of guys. They've got some grit that I know can come in on the back end and close things out. So it'll be interesting as the year goes on and as the we get closer to the season how how the pieces fall in order and who's who's where. But uh, I'm excited about this group. They like to compete and it's really competitive at practice. So I think outside of the fans of y'all's immediate rivals, about any college baseball fan wants to play for Coach Vitale. Uh, what is it like actually getting that opportunity, and what is he? Like, what is he like behind the scenes that, you know, we don't see on camera or on the field during those in-game interviews and everything? Yeah, that's the funny part is what you see on camera and what you see in the interviews is exactly how he is uh, to us during practice. So um, he's just energetic. He's uh, he's honestly just a little kid just like us. I mean, he just loves the game of baseball and loves winning. So uh, he's having as much fun as we are out there. He's in full gear at practice every day. He's always out there energetic and just – getting after it. He just, he loves it just as much as we do and he wants to see us succeed. So um, he's just, he's just an awesome man to play for. And the rest of the coaching staff is just like, it. I mean, they're all there wanting the best for us as ball players and as men. So, I mean, they're just, they're just great for us. I mean, they've, they've molded me into who I am and uh, they're helped out on the baseball field, off the baseball field. And that's just, that's just what you love to come and play for. It gives you, gives you a lot of confidence that, the man who's calling the orders uh, wants to win as much as you do, and we'll go to war for you. Yeah, Drew, you guys brought back a lot of really, uh, you know, talented uh, position players, especially uh, you know on the infield. Seems like it's been a lot of uh, you know contentious battles there. Uh, you know, who have you seen really emerge among uh, you know the position players? Yeah, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, there already is. Uh, I don't really know who's going to play where. That's the funny part about it is everybody this fall has been kind of moving around. They're uh, very versatile, and uh, that's that's what Coach V is going to have fun with over the next few months is figuring out where he's going to place what puzzle piece. But uh, that's the fun part is we've got a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions in the infield, and uh, they've been really competing at every position to make each other better. So uh, it's been a fun carousel seeing guys play different places, and uh, I think it'll, it'll be fun to see where things fall. I don't know. I really I think if I sat down right now and tried to decipher who was going to be where, I'd be 70% wrong. So I uh, <laughs> don't really have a too insight on who's going to be placed where. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Do you have a specific game or a series circled on your schedule for you personally? The next one up, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we go to Texas and, and Dallas. So that's that's the one we're looking forward to. I know, uh, I know. Coach Vitello uh, loves that answer. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> stapled into us. It's the next game. It's the most important one and always will be. There you go. Uh, so, Drew, so some um, – what are some of the uh, – the things you guys have really uh, tried to focus on as a team, you know, you mentioned personally some of the stuff you've tried to work on, but you know, what are some of the things as a team you guys have tried to work on this off season? Yeah. I mean, so last year, like I said, we kind of had that, uh, that problem with, we weren't fully bought in completely as a team. So like everybody wasn't pulling the same weight and we've kind of tried to eliminate that problem as early as possible this fall. So Team bonding's been real good. It's been a big key and a big uh, emphasis this fall is making sure we're a team and just trying to, you know, have fun together. And that as much of a competition it is, we're having fun and playing the game of baseball that we've always loved to play. So it's been a really energetic, really fun fall for us uh, player-wise. And so just getting after it together and just knowing that we're all in this as one unit moving forward has been a big emphasis. Um, and other things, just, uh, you know, I guess we haven't really been working on it, but the offense has been pretty pretty good this fall. I mean, the hitters are hitters are coming after it, getting after it, getting early work, uh, just really trying to you know increase numbers, increase production as uh, over the last year. And so I think uh, that's going to be a big thing. I think the big you know just a big emphasis on the whole fall has been competing, just every day competing against your brothers and your friends out there, and just trying to make each other better has been the big the big emphasis. So this upcoming season, I'm going to two-part this and see if you can avoid giving me the answer that I know you're going to give me for one of them. Uh, personal success for you and team success. What do both of those look like this season? Yeah, so personal success is anytime I go on the mound, I put my team in, uh, in the opportunity to win. So uh, whether I'm you know getting out there and throwing four innings or if I'm going complete game, I just want to put my team – and the uh, and the opportunity to have to have a chance to win the ball game. So I would like to win every single game that I pitch in, uh, and I'm going to try to make that as possible as, as I can. And then obviously team team goals is uh, for me personally is I, I want to win every game. I don't I don't care. I know I can't pitch every game, but I want to go out there and be as, as the best teammate I can be, the best um, you know talker in the dugout, whatever I can do to help my team win every game, be the first team to ever do that. And college baseball would be pretty sick, but uh, just go win it all. Uh, just win every game possible, every series possible, and uh, be the last one standing when it comes to July. Always good answers. <laughs> and so, in your two years as a uh, as a starter, you've played in most of the SEC venues at this point. Uh, you know what are uh, what are some of your favorites? Wildest stadium has been uh, LSU. Uh, that I think it was Friday night where there was thirteen thousand fans. I think we, they, they broke their re attendance record. Obviously, that was a pretty rowdy place to pitch in. Um, hottest place I've ever pitched in was Florida. Um, even even hotter than Hoover. That that was a uh, sweaty one there. And then I'd say probably. Coolest stadium outside of Lindsey Nelson because I love Lindsey Nelson. I think it's a great stadium. Probably be probably be Baton Rouge down there in LSU. I think that's that's got the cake there. Just the amount of fans that they stick in there. Everyone's rowdy, drunk Cajuns. You know, <laughs> they get after it. So, I was at the 
2022 regional and with y'all Campbell, Georgia tech, and I believe Alabama state. Um, and it seemed like any ball that went in the air was threatening the warning track or even further. How is it possible to pitch in that ballpark and not let that get in your head to some degree? Yeah. I mean, like it goes back to pitching in the fall. We face it all fall. Um, Anytime the wind's blowing out, a pop-up pretty much gets out. So you, you learn to pitch here. Uh, there's no, there's no, someone gets all of it and it goes four or five and you catch it on the warning track. No, they catch all of it and it's going over the batter's, batter's eye. So our hitters love it, but our pitchers, uh, you kind of learn to really compete and take every pitch seriously. Um, you're always going after a batter, trying to get ground balls, trying to get the weak contact. And uh, just, I feel like makes us even that much better than we go to other parks and you get a little more leniency, you get a little further, uh, further back on the fences and you got a little more room and it usually helps you out. But uh, yeah, you just learn to pitch all fall with it. And at some point it just becomes a non-factor. You don't even think about it anymore. Are you, uh, are you excited to see some of the uh, uh, improvements that they're making to Lindsey Nelson? I know they, you know, they announced those a few months ago. Yeah, they've been working on it uh, day in and day out. They've, uh, they're getting there. Uh, the concrete's in. They're putting rebars and stuff everywhere. So uh, it's been a little fun with the practice, practice and stuff because they've got machinery running right beside the, uh, right beside the foul lines, and we've got fences running down the middle of our field and stuff. But uh, it's been fun to work around that. But it's really cool to see them working on it and see, kind of starting to see how it's going to shape out and look like. But uh, I'm excited to add a few thousand more fans. Lindsey Nelson because they've uh, they've been filling it out and asking for us to make it bigger. So it'll be cool to see how much more rowdy it gets in there and how how much the fans love that new area. So we see in your background the USA jerseys. Um, how has that experience being able to play with just the elite of the elite um, made you a better baseball player? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go play for those teams and it's just fun to get to kind of meet these guys that you're supposed to hate and you you do hate whenever you're playing against them. And you realize there's some pretty cool pretty cool dudes and you just, you know, we play ping pong until 2 a.m. together and we're, you know, playing for playing for our country and that's just a lot of fun, you know. We had a, had a great time the last two years playing for them and made a lot of good buddies that I still talk to and I think uh, I think that experience has been one one of the greatest experiences of my life. Just getting to, you know, a bunch of guys. Like I said, I mean, like Cags down at Florida. You know, we hate Florida. I still do. I, I'll always hate Florida. But you know, you go play with them, and I mean, for, we're pretty good buddies now. And so it's just funny. You make friends like that. I know Seaver King at uh, Wake Forest. I mean, guys like that. I mean, just you just you hang out with them. I gotta, you know. You just make buddies from all around, and it's pretty cool to see all you know, all these different college guys and hear stories about their colleges and how they do things in the fall and in the seasons and how they're weightlifting, how they, what they do. You know, you just kind of hear a whole whole different side of things that you've never heard before and get to kind of compare and see how things are. Well, Drew, I think, um, AJ, unless you got some other questions, I think I'm, I've uh... – exhausted uh, I, mind I, I could sit here for a day and ask drew questions but but we, we have we have kept him long enough he, he's generous enough to give us this time late on a monday night so thank you very much drew for your time absolutely appreciate y'all for having me on yeah looking forward to this season looking forward to uh you know to watching you guys 
you know, you guys are always a ton of fun to watch. You guys love to have fun on the baseball diamond. You make, uh, you know, that always that makes the sport better. I appreciate it. It's going to be a f- another fun year. Hopefully, we can keep uh, keep driving the ball to the park and keeping balls in the park as pitching staff. So, appreciate Drew Beam for uh, for coming on talking some Tennessee baseball with us. Sounds like uh, they're going to be knocking it around the yard, and you know maybe they got some some things to figure out on the pitching staff. What do you think, AJ? I mean, I I think the talent is absolutely there. You know, Drew Beam, Xander Seacrest, AJ Russell, like. There are some guys who have had starting experience with them last year who you could put those three guys in a rotation right now and it'd be top end of the SEC, and that means the country. Um, and then you have experienced guys back behind them. I think the depth is where it becomes a question, but it's Tennessee. It's Coach Vitello. They just crank out pitching staff. They just crank out a pitching staff all the time. It's what they do. Um, they can hang their hat on that, and it's it's going to be there this year as well. I'd that's a guarantee. Oh yeah, certainly they'll they'll be able to pitch, but I think they're definitely going to be led by the offense, kind of the opposite of last year. You know, they're kind of kind of the ebb and flow, you know, of college baseball, where you get you know one year led by the pitchers, next year's position players. Uh, you know, I think this year they're definitely going to be led by their offense. Um, you know, and I mean, when we look at their infield, man, it is uh, it is stacked. I mean, when you talk about Denton, Amec, Moore, uh, Burke, Peebles behind the plate. Um, I know I'm getting some guys, but you know, they're, they got a ton of talent there to, uh, to try and mix and match and, and get, uh, you know, their best, uh, the nine best on the field. Yeah. And so coach Vitello is going to have a great problem and that's having a ton of good guys and not enough lineup spots. You'd rather have that problem than vice versa. Um, but in the age of the transfer portal, it's going to be interesting to see, does he have, is there enough to go around? Um, playing time wise, it's always going to work itself out. It's guys are going to get hot and the guys that get hot will have the playing time. Opportunities are going to open up. People are going to get banged up. There's depth is needed, especially in an SEC grind. Um, but it's that infield is going to be fun, fun to watch. Absolutely. We'll transition now. We'll talk a little bit of LSU. Um, so LSU is probably, you know, it's kind of in a similar spot to Tennessee in that, you know, they lost a lot of talent on that pitching staff, uh, or they lost some talent on the pitching staff, but more talent on the, uh, on the, the position player side. I mean, you no, know, Dylan, Paul Skeens is gone. Dylan Cruz is gone. Uh, you know, all of the big names and then, but then also glue guys like Cade Beloso, Gavin Dugas, you know, that played major roles for them on, you know, in their runs to the national championship. Uh, so we're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of new faces, but that pitching staff looks pretty stacked. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Thatcher heard last, or I guess his freshman year at UCLA, he was dominant until he got hurt and he came into LSU, I think underwhelmed for the beginning of the year, but towards the end of the year, kicked it into gear. And we saw a dominant Thatcher heard that really provided some depth, um, and gave them that third starter which coming into the tournament, it was, okay, you got Paul Skeens, and then you have Ty Floyd, and but after that, who do they have? That can go the distance. And Thatcher Hurd showed he can be that guy, and LSU needs him to be that guy this year just to set a foundation to build off of from the pitching side. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And then, you know, you bring in Luke Holman, you know, Gage Jump, Justin Lohr, 
you know, that's that's a, a really good transfer class. And then, um, you know, just from what I've seen in the fall, you know, I went to see their scrimmage against uh, UL Lafayette and, uh, you know, some of the, the younger guys, um, you know, that were freshmen last year, you didn't really see much of. I really made a jump, you know, guys like like Aiden Moffitt. Aiden Moffitt is a name to watch out for on that pitching staff. Uh, I think um, he's got a he's got a real shot to be in that starting rotation. Uh, he's got you know he's from the right side. He's up to uh, ninety seven with a wipeout slider, um, and you know, I mean that that plays anywhere. Yeah, yeah, ninety seven with a wipeout slider. I, I don't care if you're lefty, righty, ambidextrous it's that that will always play um, i'm curious to see their young guys on the offensive side of the ball because there is so much talent there and they had so much talent last year and it seemed like that young talent didn't really transfer to success they were carried by their older offensive guys you had guys like brady neal and jared jones who a month into the year people were like these are our next freshman studs coming through and then really by the omaha run neither were getting significant playing time. Um, Paxton Kling, toolsy, toolsy off the board, couldn't really make it transferred to success as a freshman. Um, part of that's playing in the SEC, but these are guys who are going to be put in position to have starting jobs at the beginning of the season. I want to see what they do with that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Neil got hurt uh, last year, so that's why you didn't really see him much uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and then he re uh, re injured himself uh, in summer ball, uh, so he wasn't really doing anything this fall. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how um, Coach Johnson had a press conference today and said that he's going to be back uh, fully healthy by the time the season starts. But uh, you know he's definitely going to be a key piece. Um, you know Jared Jones, he had moments, but yeah, he struggled with some of the SEC pitching. Uh, but he's going to be. I mean, he's pretty much locked in at first base, so he's he's going to be relied upon to uh, to take that next step. And you know, Jay likes to say that uh, you know the biggest jump that players take uh, in their program is from year one to year two. So we'll see. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned Paxton Kling, and then they they bring in some transfers. Mac Bingham from Arizona, who played for Jay for two years, and now he's back over here. Uh, and then a guy, um, a fr- guy who's freshman last year who played sparingly but has been tearing the cover off the ball in fall balls ethan fry i mean he's been leading the team in uh, exit velo he's got uh four of the top seven uh exit velos from this fall uh and he's just he's a guy I look out for yeah i saw with him it was um during just the scrimmage like just the actual scrimmages um he had eight balls at 100 miles an hour or greater exit velocity, um, which it's hard to have like five in the number of bats that he's getting. Um, just with limited action, you're trying to get everybody reps, and he has just been tearing the cover off the ball. Um, it's it's a case of you know, did he really develop that much during the off season? Um, because like you said, that is a huge, people make huge jumps from freshman to sophomore year. Um, they're, they've already put on the college weight. They've been through a grind before. They're not getting tired towards the end of the year. Um, they go and have like a 
summer ball regimen in play or not, depending on how exhausted they are and have a good training regimen set up. I know Jay Johnson's taking care of his guys. Um, but I am, I'm always curious because we see every year each team has their fall Americans. Um, I, I know watching South Carolina the past few years, I can tell you about four or five who coming out of the fall, it was like, this guy's turned a corner. This guy's going to be a dude this year. And then you get to the third week in the season and you're like, where is this guy? I thought he was going to be, um, not that I'm saying Ethan's going to be even close to that. I'm just always curious, uh, you know, to see if that can translate to when you're not playing local competition or not playing your own guys, um, you know, put an actual umpire squad, actual score on the scoreboard, make the games count. That's, that's what I, I want to see him be productive there um, because I think he could be one of the guys who makes a huge jump and not quite do a Charlie Condon, but, um, but definitely, you know, put his name up in lights real quick. Yeah, you know, another name uh, but uh, on a transfer that uh, that I know you're familiar with is, uh, you know, Michael Braswell. Jay Johnson was really talking him up during his post-fall press conference today, talking about how he's locked down shortstop and has they've completely reworked uh, his swing, um, and he's made a big jump offensively. I know that was a big issue for him, you know, down in, uh, in Columbia. You know, what do you, uh, what do you think about Michael Braswell? Yeah, I mean, this was a guy who was a – you know, all SEC freshman at shortstop, um, which is it's not easy to do. Um, he was the first freshman to start at short in South Carolina for, I think, like two decades. Uh, he came in as as a dude um, and was performing really well until he faced that Tennessee staff his freshman year and then kind of got a welcome to the SEC moment with, you know, here's 99 to 100 two straight guys. And then here's Drew Beam who can just pick you apart. And he did. Um, and he settled back in, still ended up hitting close to 300, but the you know, bat speed was slower. He was banged up. He was, you know, tired. He body didn't hold up like, yep, happens to freshmen. And then sophomore year um, doesn't win starting shortstop role because Braylon Wimmer swings over to shortstop. And you're not taking Braylon Wimmer out of the lineup at, at all. He he's freaking nature. Um, he had that lockdown, so he goes and tries to win the third base job. Um, and then Talmadge Leecroy won that, um, just more consistent offensively. And South Carolina looked at their team and said, "We need offense over defense right now." And you know, kind of left Braswell as the odd man out. When he had chances to perform, he came up clutch. He had a go-ahead hit at Georgia, pinch hit appearance, um, to give South Carolina the lead. Um, there were multiple times where he came through. He had um, a clutch hit in the comeback against Missouri at home to um, keep their winning streak going and keep Missouri going the wrong direction. But it was um, – it doesn't surprise me that he transferred out um, purely because I understand not – you know, you start as a shortstop as a freshman, and then you don't start outside of injuries your sophomore campaign. Um, his swing needed a change, I think a philosophical change that couldn't be a, a quick fix. Um, there was a lot of hitting to the opposite field 
but no real drive, no real power. Um, I think he had one, one home run his entire career um, at South Carolina. And I think that was like his first or second game. Um, so I, I, the hit tool is there. He's a gamer. It is, he's a guy I will always cheer for. Um, but, and, and I think a change of scenery will do him more well, uh, will do him better than staying at South Carolina would have. Um, you know, fresh start. Sometimes you just need to clear the mechanism and reset. And Jay Johnson and that group over there, I know, is helping him, you know, build up any confidence he might have lost. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's he's performed really well. Just from the, I haven't uh, you know seen late eyes on him uh, too much, but uh, from what I've seen from the statistics, I mean, he's launched a bunch of home, you know, several home runs and has uh, you know really performed well. And Jay Johnson's had nothing but the highest of praise for him. And uh, you know what? Jay Johnson knows a little bit about baseball, so I'll trust his opinion. Yeah. Usually if he says someone's good, they're good. If he says someone's performing, they're performing. If he says it's sustainable and we trust him, who are we to argue? That's right. You know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, certainly he's got big shoes to fill with Jordan Thompson. I know Jordan Thompson had his issues, right, you know, with uh, errors. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't the cleanest shortstop, but – he was a three-year starter at shortstop at LSU, and the previous any previous guy that's been a three-year starter at shortstop at LSU is playing in the major leagues right now. I mean, you're talking about you know DJ LeMahieu, Alex Bregman, Josh Smith, who just won a World Series. Like you know, there's Kramer Robertson who got called up by the uh, Cardinals last year. You know, I mean, those are those are some some big names. So I mean. If you can perform at LSU, you know, like that, then you can uh, you can find your way onto a major league roster. I mean, he got drafted late uh, by the Dodgers, so we'll see what happens to him. But Braswell's got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, and the guy was a highly touted recruit coming out of Georgia, and they tend to look very closely at guys coming out of Georgia when they're projecting them. And to you know, Braswell picked South Carolina over Vanderbilt. It's not like South Carolina was the only one in on. It was, you know, he's got the tools. He's, I believe his biggest benefit is going to be the mental reset and then a little bit of tweaking with the swing. Um, but I, I have, I have no doubt that he can be a productive member of that lineup. I think the only time you're going to look at LSU being in trouble is if you're starting to lean on him as a run producer because that hasn't been his game. And I don't know if that's his profile. He's more of a table setter or a line mover, um, you know, get got or get on base for guys like Tommy white. Um, and you know, he's, he's going to be a good defensive shortstop if he stays healthy. And I sure hope he does. Um, I, I'm curious to see how far his offense has progressed um, under Jay Johnson. Yeah. You know, when I, when I look at the, uh, position player group for LSU, uh, you know, you think about all the big names that left, I mean, we've, we've already touched on a lot of them, you know, Trey Morgan being another one that left, um, Braden Joe bear is gone. You know, I think their outfield is stacked. I mean, we talk, we talk about Mac Bingham being coming in from Arizona, you know, Paxton Kling looking for him to kind of make that second year jump, but defensively that glove plays, he is, a speed demon out there. I think he, you probably see him in center field. 
Uh, then we mentioned, you know, Ethan Fry has been tearing the cover off the ball. Look at him for maybe a corner outfield spot. Uh, and then uh, a guy Josh Pearson. Been, Josh Pearson's been there Josh before. Pearson. Uh, and then uh, Jake Brown, a freshman two-way player uh, from uh, Sulphur. And uh, he has been turning a lot of heads, and he's going to push for some playing time in the outfield and on the mound, um, you know, this, this spring, that's going to be exciting to see the biggest question mark though. I see on this team is going to be uh, at second base. Uh, you know, you lose, you lose Gavin Dugas um, and, you know, third base is locked down by Tommy white. Where I talk about Braswell shortstop, Jared Jones has pretty much got first base locked down. Catcher's going to be a three-way rotation between Neil Travinsky and Malazzo. So you got a ton of experience and depth there. Uh, but second base, you know, they've uh, – you mentioned Josh Pierce in the outfield. They've actually been playing him a fair bit at second base. Uh, and Paxton Kling has gotten some play at second base too. Um, and then so, you know, that's going to be the biggest question mark on this team is going to be who's going to lock down that second base position. Yeah, and you say that's the biggest question mark. I'm interested to see how pitching roles develop because um, we've seen in the past – you know, very coming in last year, we knew who LSU's starting rotation was at this point last year. It was, it, it was just known. Um, this year, I know Thatcher heard. Um, that's the one guy I can tell you with confidence. He's going to be most likely their Friday night guy, but he is going to be um, him and Luke Holman are the two who I would say have, um, you know, 95 plus percent chance to be weekend rotation guys who fills out that Sunday role, third starter role, and then who were their go-to guys in the bullpen and how do they organize that and how much give and take is there early in the year? Yeah. You know, that's going to be, you know, fun to watch here coming into the spring. And I'm sure to even, you know, beginning part of the season, you know, for sec play, I'm sure there's going to be, you're going to see a lot of different combinations there. I mean, like you said, I think Hurd and Holman are – you can basically sharpie them in to the starting rotation. Uh, but, yeah, that third starter, is it going to be, you know, transfer like Gage Jump? Uh, you know, is it going to be, you know, a young guy like Aiden Moffitt uh, or maybe, uh, you know, Nate Ackenhausen who play, who proved he could be a starter, you know, in Omaha. Um, Griffin Herring, who, you know, was a freshman last year who showed who showed you, he, you know, he's a lefty with four pitches and, and, you know, he can be a starter in this league. Uh, and then – I, I mean, I can't even believe I've gone this long without mentioning him, but uh, Cam Johnson, the big time lefty, out of, you know, freshman, who is the highest rated recruit to ever make it to LSU's campus, he beat out uh, Dylan Cruz for that honor. So just to kind of give you the idea of the level uh, that this this guy's at, I mean, I saw him pitch uh, in the scrimmage against UL Lafayette, and he pitched two innings and just about had seven strikeouts uh, except for a guy got thrown out at second. Um, I mean, he pitched two whole innings, almost had seven strikeouts. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, Um, but he's up to 97 from the left side. And I mean, those guys just don't usually make it to campus. So it'll be really interesting to see where they slot him in. You know, if they um, maybe a midweek guy, maybe he's in the starting rotation to start the season, or maybe he's just, you know, a, a really, you know, trusted bullpen arm. I mean, you'd love to bring a guy like that out of the pin, right? Yeah. I mean, with hard throwing freshmen, especially, I mean, he, he is 
built for it, like physically. He, he can handle how hard he throws. Now, he's 6'5", 240, according to LSU's website, and he's probably put on more muscle since then. His, he can handle throwing 97. Um, I, I always imagined freshmen being brought along with lower innings, um, at least to start the year. He's definitely definitely has the ability to go and basically pitch his way into a you know, starting rotation spot. Um, I see him initially starting out of the bullpen at just letting them, you know, eat for an inning or two, and then kind of building up maybe a midweek start um, against you know non-conference competition later on um, that weekend. That way, he's not. Um, you know, you're not burning him for an important series, but it's it's going to be interesting to see because again, the one thing you can say about LSU, there's there's talent. The talent's always deep. It's it's can your guys who throw 97 throw 97 for strikes because 97 for balls doesn't do much good for anybody, um, and so I, I, it's that's what I think Cam initial role is going to be is out of the bullpen. And I think he's going to be a weapon. Um, definitely has the potential to start. I, I, I just don't think he'll start there. I'm curious to see um, who is going to start there for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, but Jay Johnson's not afraid to start a freshman. I mean, you look at Chase Shores last year, you know, but maybe that's a bad example because, you know, he ended up uh, needing Tommy John. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we'll, we'll see how that all rolls out. And uh, we just got joined by uh, by a guy we were just talking about, Mr. Griffin Herring. How you doing, Griffin? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing well. Doing good, uh, man. We were just talking about guys who could potentially be competing for that um, Sunday role for LSU's pitching staff, and we threw your name in there as someone who showed that they can provide length, as you did during last year's campaign. Um, what's the – current rotation projection stacking up. We know we got Hurd and Holman, but what's that third spot looking like? You know, we've got so much talent. Um, pretty much what we've been told is that all three spots are wide open. Um, and I, I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of a lot of coaches say that, um, you know, just kind of to kind of incite some competition among the guys, but we really have enough talent that I think that we have, uh, you know, four, five, six guys that, that are competing for each of those roles. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Well, Griffin, we appreciate you jumping on for us. You know, uh, you guys just wrapped up the uh, Purple and Gold World Series. Uh, you know, how was, uh, how was fall? The fall went well. Um, I, I think that uh, getting a couple of starts was, was good. Um, pretty much all of my outings were um, were starting so I enjoyed that um, getting more into that kind of routine um, healthy that's kind of all you can ask for yeah and I mean coming off of the high last year of winning a national championship uh, as a freshman you come in you know the roster's loaded you know that your team have absolutely has the potential to do it um, and then not only to have your team do it, but to be a guy who they lean on in critical situations. I mean, I think of you know, four or five points last year where LSU was 
kind of as a team, you know, teetering. And you know, what jumps in my mind is your three inning stretch at South Carolina when you lose game one. And then game two, you come in and shut down a lineup for three innings that was hitting everything in sight and let your guys get back in it, split that series, and then continue to roll. Um, not to mention your performance against Wake Forest. Like it, it's uh, to do that as a freshman, how did you prepare to be in those moments? Um, I think that I think that I've always kind of enjoyed the bigger stages. Um, that's kind of when I've always pitched the best, I guess. And um, just knowing that the the team needed me, the guys were kind of relying on me um, to come in and come in and perform. Um, that really motivates me, and um, just kind of let let the adrenaline, let the let the fans kind of push me to not think too much, and uh, just kind of let my stuff work. That's been what's worked for me the best so far in college is when I stop thinking and I really just um, just just let my stuff go. How do you think uh, you know your your experience in Omaha and you know those other situations that AJ mentioned? You know, how do you think that has improved you? Uh, you know, as a player? I think it's definitely improved um, my mentality going into games. Um, you know, especially when you're facing guys as, as talented as we do every weekend in the SEC, um, you really can't take a pitch off. And that was that was something I really learned, um, especially from last season and in those big games. Um, I mean, a guy, you face a guy like Brock Wilkin, you can't, you can't just throw the OO heater down the middle. Uh, it's just everything's got to have a purpose. Um, everything's got to be maximum focus. And that's uh that was kind of a big step for me coming out of high school was learning that. Yeah. When we were talking to Drew Beam earlier, he said, you can, you know, in high school, if you have great stuff, you can just shove it down people's throats basically. And they can't do anything with it. SEC, it's an entirely different ball game. You throw that OO heater as hard as you can. It's turning around harder. Nick came in. Um, it's, uh, but as a freshman, to do what you did, um, primarily out of the bullpen, how is it different preparing? Like you said, you've been working out as a starter um, or getting those starting reps during these uh, scrimmages. What's the preparation like in comparison to coming out of the bullpen? You just have to really trust um, trust your uh, – I'm losing the word for it. Trust your routine. Um that's a that's a really big thing. That's something I learned from guys like Skeens and uh, Ty Floyd. That just having having a routine that you go to every single game day is really important, and it kind of gives you that um, that peace of mind before you go in there. Um, when you're coming out of the bullpen, it's kind of easy to get your peace of mind because you know you're just warming up, and then all of a sudden you're in the game, and there's not really not really a lot of thinking to do. Um, but I, I like to I like to watch kind of some old video. Um, visualize success we have great mental mental coaches that come in and help us and um that was that's something that that's helped me a lot just kind of visualizing before outings uh having success so griffin what have been kind of the main things you've been focusing on for your personal development this offseason definitely gaining weight um lost a little bit of weight throughout the season um looking to get get back up around that Two two oh five two ten range. Um, I think most of the season last year I was sitting at, at probably like one one ninety two one ninety five. Um, just kind of getting getting more more durability. Um, 
add a little bit of velo, added a little bit of velo this fall. Um, we have great strength coaches, great nutritionists. Um, so that, that's been a main goal kind of physically. Um, also a couple mechanical things, just staying closed a little bit longer. Um, let That just gives my, my hand a little more time to get out there, kind of uh, minimize some of the arm side misses um, and tighten up fastball command. So you come in and you're facing as a freshman during your you know, fall ball, getting ready to play. Uh, the hardest lineup you faced all year was your own. Uh, what's it like preparing against just elite competition, knowing that, hey, if I can get guys like Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan and Gavin Dugas out, that I'm going to have success against anybody? It's a huge confidence booster. Um, you know, you, you kind of look back at a couple of the – the good outings that you had in the fall and kind of no matter, like you said, no matter what team you're facing, um, you know, they're probably, probably not as, not as good. And this isn't a knock at any teams we face, but probably not as good as our lineup. Um, but, and then having, having those guys behind you too, you look back at them and it's, it's definitely a confidence boost when you go up there. Um, you kind of, you know, you're good enough for the league, you know, you're good enough, uh, enough to compete. So just big, big mentally. So Griffin, uh, you know, who have been kind of the uh, some of the the newcomers, whether a transfer or uh, or freshman, you know, that have really stood out to you this fall, whether that be on a pitcher or, or a hitter. I'm I'm gonna go um, I'm gonna go pitchers first. Uh, kind of a, a trio of lefties. Gage Gage Jump has been electric. Um, really good fastball, good breaker. Um, he's gonna do a lot for us this year. Cam Johnson, um, obviously, really, really highly touted prospect. Big dude, uh, throws throws it. He can throw it. He's going to be a huge weapon for us this year. And uh, Kate Anderson, coming off coming off an injury, he's been looking really good. Um, all all three of those guys are definitely going to make huge contributions. Um, also, another lefty. I'm kind of keeping the keeping the trend going, supporting my. My guys, uh, Justin Lower has been really good as well. Transfer from Xavier. Um, hitting wise, I'd say Michael Braswell. He's uh, he's had a, a really good fall. He's a great defender and um, he's he's been hitting really well. Uh, a couple homers. I think he's probably he's got to be hitting over 350 for the fall. Uh, just really good. Yeah. So we've seen guys or teams in the past, you know, have these amazing lineups and then you know first pitch is thrown and it just doesn't coalesce they don't feel like a team um what has lsu done um this off season you know since you know y'all dogpiled to continue to be a team and kind of build up this year's squad and not just oh we're, we want to be last year's squad I think um, I think from the start, uh, from day one, we established a really good um, locker room culture. That's all. That was a really big thing for us last year. Just kind of everybody, everybody really knowing everybody. Um, I think is more important than people realize. Because um, I've been on teams before where you know you don't you don't really know. Like there's guys on the team that like you know them by name, but you don't really know them. Um, but we try to get together. Uh, I know I've got 
in my apartment, we've got a, you know, a pretty nice setup. We got a, a good TV. So we have five, 10 of the guys here just about every Monday, Thursday and Sunday night watching football. Uh, got a fantasy league. So guys, uh, guys always arguing about that. I think, I think just having a good kind of, um, I guess, just, it's honestly just culture. And that that's what Coach Johnson creates is, um, you know, a no drama, no drama club. And um, we just, we're just all, all like actually friends. Yeah, we were talking to uh, Ethan Petrie over at South Carolina uh, last week, and you know he mentioned that uh, one of the big things that they do together is uh, play Fortnite. Are you, uh, you guys uh, Fortnite guys? So it kind of it kind of differs. Uh, I would say we're like half and half on uh, on Fortnite, and then guys playing the new Call of Duty. Um, it's it's definitely definitely a big thing for us. We play we play a good amount. I would say. I, I, getting notifications all the time of people texting in our group chat who's who's getting on who's on right now you know stuff like that so definitely team bonding so last year who did you get the chance to learn from not only the baseball stuff but just how to be a a college athlete you know how to carry yourself how to set a routine um how to have success at this level was there anyone who you you know, walked in their footsteps or sought out for guidance or maybe sought you out and was like, hey, I'm going to show you the ropes. This is how you have success. I would say um, Riley Cooper. Uh, Riley Cooper and Nate Ackenhausen uh, were all lefties. You know, we kind of just um, always were, were paired around each other and throughout the season, you know, in, in hotels everywhere, just uh, always hanging out together. He really, um, both of them really kind of showed me the ropes. Um, a little bit more on like the mental side, like just what it what it takes to go out there and like just not not care. Like you care, but like not caring to an extent where you're not kind of messing with yourself. Um, then obviously just watching the way Skeens went about his business. I mean, he's was just a professional in a college locker room, and uh, I think he I think he had that effect on a lot of guys and kind of showing showing you what it takes and. Uh, you know, obviously that, that came to fruition for him, which none of us were surprised in the slightest. So you got a new, uh, new pitching coach this year, Nate Yeske, you know, uh, how is he, uh, you know, different than coach uh, Wes Johnson and uh, you know, what does he kind of, uh, what are some of the things he's told you to help improve your game? I would say he's, uh, I would say he's different than coach Wes Johnson. um, Just in that he doesn't, he doesn't use, we, we use the, the analytics, but it's not so much of a driving force. Um, I think things are a lot more feel-based, which I, I, I actually enjoy. Um, I enjoy talking to the catcher. That's a, that's a big thing, you know, after bullpens, go ask your catcher how things were moving. Um, after inner squads, go and ask batters that you faced, um, kind of what they saw, which, you know, I, I wouldn't really think to have done that last year. I would think it's kind of a kind of an awkward conversation, but when it's just a bunch of guys who are trying to make each other better, um, you know, it doesn't have to be when you when you just realize realize the ultimate goal. Um, I'm sorry, what was the second part of your question? I, I blanked. Just what are some of the things that that Coach Yeski has worked with you on to improve your game? Um, some stuff mechanically. Um, you know, keeping keeping the front shoulder closed a little bit longer. We've been we've been working on killing some velocity on my changeup. Um, 
just because uh, a third pitch is so important, especially facing an SEC lineup for the third time. Um, didn't really get a chance to throw it too much last year or just wasn't really uh, much of a need, but we've, we've definitely been developing that. And then um, kind of team-wise, he, he's really emphasized us being, um, like as a, as a staff, more of a cohesive group. Um, like we all, we all will go out and throw at the same time. Everybody goes into the weight room at the same time. Um, as opposed to things kind of being a little bit scattered, um, which I, I think is I think has helped us as a staff. I think that we've been pitching really well this fall, and uh, everybody everybody really cares about each other and has each other's back. And I think that was kind of the the goal of just keeping us um, keeping us as kind of a pack all the time. Are there any places you know just looking ahead at your schedule this year? Any places you're excited to go visit just for stadium atmosphere, you know, maybe tied highly touted matchup. Any any place you have kind of circled on your schedule that you want to visit? I would say I would say there's three. Um Tennessee for sure. I've heard some I've heard some good things about Tennessee that it gets it gets pretty rowdy. Um um Arkansas for sure also I've I've been to the been to the Arkansas stadium not for a not for a game but just um going to visit my sister when she went there and it it's a, it's a cool stadium um they get, they get after it too pretty good um talking to a lot of the guys like christian little who who have kind of been there and uh pitched in that environment they said it's it's a ton of fun um huge huge adrenaline boost when you go out there everybody's yelling at you and then um opening series against mississippi state i think uh, i think the dude kind of speaks for itself it's going to be going to be a good time. Yeah, Griffin. So, uh, you know, what are, what are some of the things you guys are doing to maybe try and avoid some of the, uh, the national championship hangover? You know, we've seen the last two years, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, you know, they won the national championship and then they miss the tournament the next year. You know, what are, uh, what are you guys doing to try and uh, break that trend? I think I think the biggest thing is um, you know not not ignoring the fact that it's there. Um, Coach Johnson's told us multiple times like uh, you know, nobody's don't go into this season thinking someone's trying to take this away from you. Like nobody can ever take it away from you. But the only thing you can do is is go and take the next one. So um, I, I don't think anybody's really really concerned about it. Obviously, we had a lot of turnover. Um, we did great in the portal. We got a bunch of a bunch of great players, and uh, you know, not just great players, but great dudes too, um, to really just keep the keep the tradition and the culture that we uh, established last year going. So, who kind of filled in as you know the locker room leaders when you have guys like Skeens and Cruz and Trey Morgan, guys who've been there for a while. I know Skeens wasn't there for a while, but like you said, he, the way he carried himself, like he just led he had that presence um, who has kind of stepped in to fill you know, those voids that when those guys leave sometimes you know teams don't have the guys step in Hayden Travinsky and um, Alex Malazzo kind of have been um, more of the vocal guys uh, obviously they've they've been here for a while they they know how to go about their business um, on the on the pitching side I would say that uh Thatcher, Thatcher does a good job of kind of just show, showing 
kind of the same thing as Skeen's, just showing the the professional approach to things and uh, the way he goes about his business. He's got his he's got his routine really down. Um, he just he just really really puts a lot of care into everything he does, and I think that I think that's admirable, and I think that guys pick up on that. Um, I've tried I've tried to to be a, a guy for the freshmen that they they can come and talk to. Um, me me and my roommates we all we try to invite them over um you know hang out with them talk to them at the field try to try to kind of make everybody feel like they're a part of the team the way they did for us last year just because we kind of know uh what it takes to kind of the kind of performances you need out of out of new guys to to really make it make the deep run that you want to make you know so griffin with all of the um you know the big time bats that have left you know who uh who in the in the lineup when you're when you're on the mound? Uh, who uh, who in the lineup kind of you know kind of not scares you, but uh, you know maybe maybe a little more intimidating than one you're like ah oh, better not miss this one. I would say uh, I would say Kling Paxton Paxton's got my number pretty good. Uh, he took me deep earlier this fall, so you know obviously uh, no no he's a great player, but. Um, Hayden Hayden Travinsky too. He's uh he just he doesn't he doesn't really swing at at good pitches. It's where you you know you throw that slider in the dirt 0-1 and he just never there's just never a chance that he was even gonna think about it. Um, it's pretty you know it, it's kind of defeating when you're up there. Um, I feel like through a good pitch. Bear Jones um, really intimidating presence in the box. You know he's got light tower power and. Um, I would say I would say Braswell has been a been a really tough out this fall too. Um, you know, you, you don't you kind of you see him in the box and you don't you don't. I don't I don't want to say this the wrong way, but like you don't. <laughs> he doesn't you know, look like a power him, threat. He doesn't inspire you don't see, fear. You don't see him, you know, taking taking you over the fence. But then you look up and he's take he's hit like three home runs this fall. And I mean, the, the that kind of sneaky pop is um, is what makes guys dangerous. Yeah, so one guy who doesn't have sneaky pop, according to all the statistics and everything we're seeing just out of camp is, and correct me if I pronounce his last name wrong, Ethan, is it Frey or Fry? Fry. Yes, Fry. So Ethan Fry, I mean, he's been just demolishing baseballs. Um, it, it What has it been like? Because he didn't, you know, contribute much offensively from a starting role. I think just because y'all were so deep, he didn't need him to. Um, what is, what have you seen from him, you know, last year to this year where all of a sudden he is doing this to baseballs on a regular basis? I've seen his at-bats get a lot better. Um, I think that, I think that the power was already there. Um, I know he put on some size, uh, in between, like, especially last fall and the season. Um, but I think that his pitch selection last fall is kind of why he wasn't, wasn't hitting as well as he should have. Um, but they've definitely been coach Johnson and chief have definitely had him back there, uh, working on it. And he's, he's been getting his pitch and when he gets it, I mean, he can hit it. I don't know if y'all saw the little graphic with the, the top exit velos of the fall, but, um, pretty sure he was about four out of the 10 on there. So impressive. Yeah, it was just Very his own personal, watch. it was just his own personal record book for the fall with a couple other names sprinkled in <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a—he's uh, definitely going to be a contributor, 
contributor for us this year. Um, I think I think our lineup's a little deeper than than people think. We've got some guys who are who are going to come out and uh, you know surprise maybe not surprise people. They're great players, but um, they're they're going to perform. So Griffin, why don't you give us uh, you know one uh, one personal goal for you for this season, and then the the team goal for the season. A personal goal for me is um, to have a have a sub sub three walks per nine. Um, I think that that's kind of the we we try not to set too many um, you know like num like number goals I guess um, just because you know you can get caught up in that kind of things. But uh, walks for me is the is the biggest thing that I want to tighten up. Um, just getting ahead, probably first pitch strike percentage. Um, I don't know a specific a specific number, but definitely over over sixty six percent, over two thirds um, would be big. And team goal, uh, I mean, pretty self explanatory. We want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that repeat right. Definitely, definitely. Well, Alex, I don't know if you have anything else, but. Uh... I'm going to let Griffin go enjoy his Monday night and try to catch the Eagles Kansas city game. And you know, maybe he's missed some fantasy football group text conversations while he's been joining us. So thank you very much, Griffin. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate us. you guys. Yeah. Griffin, thanks for hopping on. We'll catch you later. Yes, sir. Sounds good.